When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, indeed. Welcome. It's the CBC Wisdom Hour number 50 for February 18, 2019. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Hey, Tony B. coming to you live from New Jersey. What's happening? Yes, sir. Number 50. Wow. Episode 55-0. Half a century of episodes. We have one episode for every state in the country. Yes. <laughs> We're nationwide. We're nationwide is on your side. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by nationwide yes um so uh for for uh frequent listeners of the show live we are not doing it live we're recording it and uploading it because we've been having technical issues for those of you who've been listening to the last few where we got cut off so we're thinking that there's a live stream problem with speaker speaker so we're just going to record it and upload it and see how it goes and this way if we screw it up um we can always go back and start over again, and nobody will know. Nobody will be the wiser. Yes, that is our plan. So, so taking some technology out of the loop may help to fortify the episode. That's right. Narrowing it down to stuff. Um, I just want to make this announcement real quick too. And next week we're going to record it too. But next week we are going to have some special guests on, and I don't know their names right now, and I should really know their names. But two gentlemen from. Um, that's my dog contributing to the episode, by the way. Uh, um, two gentlemen from a website called The Hard Times, which is a very uh, similar website to The Onion. They do parody articles, um, and a lot of them are uh, revolve around music and musicians, and they're very funny, and I share them all the time on, uh, on the CBC page, on Facebook. And Excellent. Yeah, and they were looking for to get on some podcasts. They put an announcement on, on online, so I said, "Hey, you know, come on our part, our part, our podcast." And they said, "Yeah, sure." So we're going to be doing that next week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I want to hear about like where they get their inspiration. They they must be musicians, at least somebody in that, because the, the the a lot of the articles are inside jokes of things about musicians that only a musician would really know. So um, looking forward to digging deep into that. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, it's fun. So, uh, so what's going on, man? How you doing? Great. All's good here in NJ. Mm. How about you? Mardi Gras time must be fun. It is. It is Mardi Gras time, and it is fun. It started last weekend with uh, they call Carnival season here in New Orleans, and the first parades were last weekend, and there were parades uh, this past weekend, and they continue. On every weekend and then some weekdays up until Fat Tuesday, which is March. Yes. March. Rapidly approaching. Uh, second, uh, second, third, uh, March 5th this year. 
Um, so the Ides of March. Yes, it is the Ides of March too. How about that? Um, so it's good, man. I, I played all week last week. Um, I played Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, was off Friday and Saturday, and then played Sunday uh, last night. And dude, last night we we use a different. There's different incarnations of this band. We're called the Remedy Band, or sometimes the Almighty Remedy Band, which you can find on Facebook, by the way. Um, and there's there's a couple different singers that we use, two different guitar players, two di- two different bass players, me being one of them, and just the one drummer. He's the band leader. Um, and sometimes we have a four piece, sometimes we have a five piece, sometimes even a six piece. That's rare, but we have a keyboard player on Thursdays. Uh, but last night we just had a four piece, and um, I do I do a bunch of si- I do a lot more singing when there's a four piece because there's just the one lead singer. Um, so I did a lot of singing last night, but last night we did six sets, which is, um, which is a lot for us. We generally, uh, standard is four, five is good, you know, if it's busy, but last night it was six because we were busy the whole night. Wow. Heavy. Yeah. So we did three, three in a row. A set for us is 45 minutes. So we did two hours and 15 minutes, took a half hour break, then did another, another two hours and 15 minutes. So four and a half hours of music last night which is a lot of songs yeah it is a lot of tunes would you guys play about 50 songs i would well yeah it's i mean it's about 10 songs per set so i'd say about 60 60 songs yeah um but some of them we repeated more than once there were uh, a bunch of tunes and i want to talk about this reason and this is a topic we've talked about before and we ad nauseum i guess and but it gets talked about a lot in the community is um, song selection, um, and we just w- once w- we play certain songs to get to sort of lure people in, and again New Orleans is um, you don't have to pay a cover charge you can walk in and out with your drinks, so it's really um, and there's competition across the street you know a few steps away or next door, so you really have to to really reel them in with good songs. You know, that's what's going to make the difference. And um, so once you reel them in, then you hit them with the hits. You know, you just, that's that's the secret to all of this, the formula to keeping people in the room, loading it up and keeping people there, dancing, drinking, spending money. So we just did, we did Summer 69 three times last night, uh, Sweet Child of Mine twice, um, Shook Me All Night Long twice, uh, Jesse's Girl twice, um, uh, I love rock and roll twice. Hit me with your best shot twice. Um, don't stop believing three times. I think. Any way you want it twice. So just the the winners, you know, the the uh, Bon Jovi songs. Uh, Living on a prayer. You give love a bad name. We do success or in succession those two songs, and we did that twice. Um, and those are the, you know, as much as people are tired of them, man, those songs still work. It's crazy. Um, it's pretty crazy, but it does work. It does. Like, people actually were giving us paid requests for Summer 69. And for, I mean, and, and for Don't Stop. Um, we only did Sweet Home Alabama once, though, last night. And we did not play Mustang Sally, which is... A song that everybody talks and groans about, that and Brown Eyed Girl. We didn't play either one of those. But, um, but the w- I mean, it's, it's my pet peeve with this band is a lot of times 
we're not picking the right songs. And I don't, I don't really have much of a say in the song selection unless somebody asks me, what do you think? Then I'll say. Um, but I, you know, it's too confusing on stage if there's too many people saying, we should play this, we should play this. You know, you need to kind of run it seamlessly. So, but sometimes, man, we just don't pick the right songs. And, and it happened last week where we had people, we, we were doing, we were just towards the end of our fifth set and we could have rolled another one. But we picked a song. We, we, we had a room. We had them packed in there. And then we picked a song that didn't work and just dumped the room. And then we couldn't roll another set. Yep. And it was just one song, you know, and that's all it takes. One song. People are just like, eh, eh. Let's, let's go see who else is playing. Let's go. Yeah. As we refer to the dance floor clearers. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's definitely you got to have the ability to call audibles. Have, you know, like we had talked about when you and I played together, groupings of songs that you black, you know, back to back to black back. Them, yep. Songs that you know go into each other well, you know what I mean? You can medley and stuff like that. That's, you know, those are the tricks when you know people are up and you got to think. And, dude, sometimes the, you know, the crowd will give you the feedback too. Like, I know we've played some private parties where, you know, the crowd got up, they started dancing, we're like two or three songs in, and, so, and you know, if they want to dance or they, you know, they, they have a certain... <laughs> expectation of songs they'll come over and tell you this isn't working for us we want you to play more 70s you know like they're very adamant about what they want to hear yeah yeah some people are just not shy about letting you know (laughs) especially (laughs) when they're drinking right but then you have those you know the motown types and then once you find that groove then it clicks in people dig it and you know it's also reading the crowd and then honing in on on what style of music cover wise that they want to hear yep yeah, but there's those those songs that I call the money songs. They are just they work every time. And I'm going to give the secret away of of like you were talking about um you know medleys. But this isn't really medley, but it's it's putting the right songs in the right place in in order. And this is one that I've used this this sequence of songs that I've used for years here and it always works. And it goes like um you shook me all night long into sweet child of mine because you shook me no all all night long ends on a D. You go right in. It's the same note, so it's it it's very seamless and obviously very recognizable for people. At the end of Sweet Child, it ends on an E, and you're kind of ringing that out that E. You go into I Love Rock and Roll, so the E is ringing out, and drummer just goes boom, and so you're right on the note already, and it's it it just it works seamlessly like perfect segue. At the end of I Love Rock and Roll. You're, that E is ringing out, you get, and the drummer counts four. You're going to hit me with your best shot. Again, an E. So it's the same note, so it's seamless when it ends there. Um, and that's that's a sequence that those four songs in a row, just it works every time. It's perfect. And you could, you could do those <clears throat> on a long night. You could do that sequence of songs, like in my position, anyway, where the crowd rotates. Um, you know, you could do that little succession of songs three times in a night. And it'll work every time. You know, popular songs. Well, that's when you have a female singer, too, by the way, which we, we do. We have two different female singers. That yeah, that definitely. There's a lot of songs like that, too, you know, that you can stack that, that work real well. Yeah. It also is sometimes contingent on the keyboard player. If he has to switch a patch or a different song, you know what I mean? Or needs a minute to bring up a different sound in the keyboard. Yeah, that you know, if the song ends and then starts with keyboard, something that, that doesn't work. But the good keyboard players, because I worked with one. His name was Keith Lee. He was uh, when I ha- I was running the band called Saint Rock, 
um, at Crazy Corner a couple of years ago, and I, he would always, I would always make sure he knew what the next song was going to be. It, well, actually, in that band, I was writing set lists, which most people don't do in New Orleans, and I was, I was writing set lists. And if we had to call an audible, I would, I would let him know. And he was on the complete other side of the stage, but we had hand signals, and he understood me, so he would prepare. I don't know how he did it, but w- he would be prepared for that next patch that whatever he had to do, and he would just like button here, button here, good, good to go, you know. So, yeah. so you have got to have a keyboard player that's that's good at, at stuff like that that you can communicate with easily. Um, and speaking of keyboard players, and I think you just pitched that to me, didn't you? <laughs> no, no. What are you talking about? Uh, we're we're uh, Cover Band Central is proud to be a sponsor of the Piano Summit 2019. This is the third annual Piano Summit, which is being held in New York City in Manhattan, I believe, and presented by Shake, Rattle, and Roll Pianos, which you can find on Facebook. It is the biggest gathering of piano players, piano bar performers, dueling piano entertainers, touring pianists, students, teachers, and fans ever. It's kind of like a NAM for... uh, Everything piano. For piano players, keyboard players. This is the third annual one. Um, they're going to have three days. It's April 1st to the 3rd of 2019. Three days of panels, programs, performances, and parties with a roster of artists that brings you the very best of rock, pop, R&B, jazz, hip-hop, Broadway, and TV. And they have special guests there, including Jonathan Kane, the keyboard player from Journey and Bad yeah. English. Um, also, Dave Rosenthal, uh, musical director for Billy Joel. Russ yep. Irwin, keyboards uh, player for Aerosmith, Sting, and Brian Adams, among others. Uh, Henri Gill, keyboard player for Alicia Keys, Black Eyed Peas, Bruno Mars, Prince, and David Bowie, and a lot of other guests. This is a really cool thing. It's Like I said, it's kind of like a NAM for piano players and keyboard players. Um, go to the website. It is pianosummit2019.com, and put in, uh, when you get your tickets, put in the promo code COVERBAND, C-O-V-E-R, B-A-N-D, two words, and you get twenty or $20 off of your ticket price. So check that out, pianosummit2019.com. Nice. Yes. Uh, proud to be a sponsor of that. So, Yeah, it sounds like an awesome event. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, being a, having a good keyboard player, in your, and we didn't last night. We didn't have a keyboard player. Uh, but we're still playing songs with keyboards. Like, Don't Stop Leaving, we start it with um, the guitar player starts it. And just plays the keyboard part on the guitar, um, and and hmm. and I come in in the beginning right it, right away. So I'm playing the instead of coming in when the bass would normally come in, I come in and basically play the left hand of the keyboard on bass, yep. and the, the guitar player plays the right hand on guitar. And then when the part where Neil Sean comes in, where he's like, he just does that part, and I'm kind of ringing it out and filling it up. So, um, so we we still do keyboard songs without keyboards and get away with it. And how many times did you do that? Uh, yeah, night. Well, last night, yeah, we played Don't Stop twice. What other keyboard songs did we do? Not too, there weren't too many other ones that I can recall. Oh, uh, we did, uh, we did uh, Here I Go Again by White Snake. We only played that once, but again, we have the keyboard player. Or the when you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. The guitar player plays the keyboard part um, in the, for the beginning. So, and just, just by himself. 
and it still works because he's playing the chords, you know. And as long as the singer is singing the the right words and the right melody, then people know what the song is. Nice. So, so I would prefer to have a keyboard player, which we only have one night a week. Thursday nights we have keyboards, and that's it. And then we do more keyboard songs, which is fun. He's real good. We we played. Um, his name's Nick Case, our keyboard player, and we did a. Uh, I just like spontaneously a couple weeks ago we did Master Blaster by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> we didn't do it great, but we but we did it. Or I, it at least I didn't do it great because I haven't played in that in a long time, and it's not an easy song. You know, the the main part of it is easy, but there's the there's the riff part of it that I just didn't really remember. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's I I. I expect it to be busy up, you know, for for the next couple of weeks at least leading up to Mardi Gras. It's gonna be it's gonna be slamming, which I really like, man. I, I, I prefer to play to a packed room. Doesn't it? Yeah, happen. now's the season, right? This is when you know, it'll be the most packed. Yep. And then following Mardi Gras is French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest and it stays busy throughout the spring. It's just in the summer when it gets low. Mm. Uh, that's good you got a good couple months good stretch ahead of you you know or to be busy yes um so uh that's it so how's things coming with your recovery of your shoulder and when do you do expect to get back playing yeah everything's great everything's good um my shoulder is you know 40 percent i got a lot of mobility back i'm starting to strengthen it now Uh, i can play drums again so it's it's good. So I'm I'm on the road to recovery. Excellent. So so far, very successful recovery. Do you have a uh, a target date for when you feel like you'll be a hundred percent? It's ten percent a month is what they told me. So ten months. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm four months in right now. So when do you expect to get back playing with the band? No, I could be playing now. Like I'm going to. Uh, we got rehearsal this week. Oh, okay. So I can play. It's just that I can't, I don't have 100% mobility, like my arm's still weak, you know, so I'm still strengthening it. So I can play, but I can't play like, I can't really reach for stuff yet, you know, left-handed, but I can get around the kit and, and, and play and keep it beat and do stuff like that. Okay, that's good to hear. So that's good, you know, and then, um, like I said, little by little, like I, I could pick stuff up, but I just can't reach overhead or reach out beyond, you know, a certain distance from my body like the weight of my arm my shoulder has to get used to strength to pick it up again so i'm doing you know, i just i just went back on friday last week from like my uh progress visit and now he gave me a new prescription for different you know bands and some other weights and, and starting to strengthen and stretch so i'm on the road like like i said it's only 40 percent, so i'm not even 50 percent recovered yet you know right. but it's going well it's going fast too Good. So, do you have any gigs scheduled? So far, we have um, fourth, fifth uh, of July. We have the big beach Fourth of July party for uh, Kinlon. Um, you know, with my shoulder, I didn't want to be able to play again, so we booked some stuff further out. Right. Um, hopefully, between now and then, we can get some other gigs. We had a couple of private parties that fell through, and um, you know, we may play a couple of bars just to just to get playing. 
Right. What uh, do you, do you have an agenda for your rehearsal? I do. We have some new tunes that we're going to run through. We have some. We're going to just jam because we haven't gotten together in a while. So we're just going to get together and just jam on some stuff, and then um, start going through a bunch of uh, song lists for for new tunes. I see. So do you, you don't have any tunes picked yet? No, we have tunes picked. What are you going to do? We, we have some pretty amb- a pretty ambitious list, I would say. Um, I'll share with you some of them. I want to hear. So, for example. Let's see. Probably have 15 songs we were talking about. So, Torn. By Natalie and Brulia, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that Stone in Love, Journey. Stone in Love. I want to get back Bohem- to that, but go ahead. Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? Um, Mamma Mia. Yeah, a medley idea of Diana Ross, I'm Coming Out, and Edge of 17, Stevie Nicks. Is that the same key? I don't know. I'm that, drumming on that those would help. things. Just another beat. That would help if it was the same key. Sweet Home, Alabama, What I Got is a good medley idea. Yeah, both in D. Um, Low, Low Rider and Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, another good uh, medley. Yeah. Low and also Stick in Air, um, Gorillas, Feel Good Ink. That'll fit in with the low rider. Yeah, I could see that. That's good. Low rider. That's a good filler if you break a guitarist breaks a string too. You know. I'm gonna steal that idea. Some kind of wonderful running on empty. Jackson Brown. I want to be your lover, Prince, and drink in my hand, Eric Church. I don't know that song. So it's a good, pretty ambitious list, but I think it's a good, well-rounded a, a bunch of tunes to, you know, jam into the, what we're doing already. Well, I have a lot to say about this. First, I want to start with "Stone in Love," which I love playing that song. It is it, especially the end is so much fun. Yeah, on bass, and it's I it's it's, it's one of my favorite Journey songs to play. Um, it's just a, such a cool bass line and stuff. We do. Stone in Love into Any Way You Want It because they're both in G yep. and, and Any Way You Want It starts with vocals so it helps to have that note, that the tonic there in everybody's head so they can find their note to come in on the vocals. Um, but Stone in Love does not work for us. It's Any Way You Want It works. But anytime we come, I, I, I'm going to say in general, most of the time. Last night it was not the case because last night we did Stone in Love into Any Way and it worked. But in most cases, that will that will get people to leave when we play Stone in Love. <laughs> Seriously, like we say, if we're playing a good song and they're digging it, and then we play Stone in Love, they'll leave because um, it's not one of the big <laughs> the popular exit tunes. It's the exit tune. It's not the one of the best Journey songs to do. You like Journey for Journey songs, obviously. Don't stop believing any way you want it. Um, uh, lights and uh, uh, love and touch and squeeze and those songs all work because people know the words to them they can sing along that's what people want like people don't know the words to stone in love um, right but, but I, I'm not trying to, to, to deter you guys from doing it I think it's a great song and I think uh, you know in my case it's a little different if you're uh, playing a destination gig where like you guys are where people are there anyway I, it's fine you know and if you guys play it well then then 
Great. That's awesome. That's that's a fun song. We'll find out. That's your litmus test. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll test run. You know, like I'm sure you've done it too where you learn songs and then you play them and it's like after a couple of times you're like, ah, it's just not, it's not working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you guys will know. Um, but, I, you know, I'm a big fan of it. And then Bohemian Rhapsody. First of all, that is incredibly ba- ambitious because the, the vocals on that, you need to really know how to arrange vocals if you're going to do that song. Well, we're also going to do the Between the Verity and Me version like we talked about. Oh, okay, okay. So it's a little bit of a hybrid. You know, we'll, 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 you know, we'll mix in some other stuff. There. Oh, another tune that was on the list was Under Pressure. Yeah, there you go. And, I mean, Queen is the it band of, of now because of the movie. Um, yep. So, I, you know, I'm a big fan of adding any Queen. As long as you can do it justice, Bohemian Rhapsody is obviously the, the, the killer one to really pull off. But there's so many great Queen songs. Under Pressure is great, and you can mix in Ice Ice Baby, obviously, with that. Um, and uh, 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 Crazy Little Thing Gold Love is a great one to do, too. Everybody knows that, and it's a fun, dancey, upbeat song. Um I always wanted to do it another one bites the dust. I've never uh I've never seen a band do that one. Yeah. Um that's a lot of fun that song. Um but anyway, the, yeah, that's I, I I really applaud you and and I hope uh I hope to hear or see or both uh, you, yes, you stay tuned. That. Stay tuned. But I remember the nerds used to do that song, Bohemian Rhapsody, and did it well. Um well, that's the thing. You got to be able to do it justice, too. You know, for sure. Yeah, uh, and they were, you know, the nerds. We've talked about the nerds before, but they're a Jersey band, uh, theme kind of band based on the movie Revenge of the Nerds, and um, four very uh, four piece and very good musicians, all of them, and they all sing, and they pick great songs. Their their song selection wise, and they do stuff that's not traditional. You know money songs but they pick great songs they they used to do uh uh what's the billy joel song they did um the bottle of red bottle of white oh yeah uh, italian restaurant yeah it seems from italian restaurant and they would do the whole the whole thing um and uh yeah great band they're still out there playing Is it? there you go I think you played this right. one before, right? Yeah, but there's still other vocals in the song, and but, oh yeah, no, you know, other parts that comes in, and even cool. musically, you know, it's it's you know, it's pretty ambitious musically. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, always cool. be up for a challenge. Yeah, can't wait to hear that. Um, yeah. and and but yeah, as far as your other songs that you picked, really good. I, I love going in with the idea of trying to f- find medleys and and songs that fit together well. 
um, I, you know, it's been so long for me, dude, since I've been in a band where we had rehearsals. You know, I would, I would love to be in a band with rehearsals where we could actually go in and plan stuff. You know, I haven't, in ni almost nine years now in, in New Orleans, um, the bands that I play with on Bourbon Street, I've never rehearsed. Yeah, well, typically, like we said, when we're, we're busy, you know, we only get together once in a while to learn new songs. But other than that, we would just play, you know. So I'm looking forward to rehearsing, too. Should be fun to work to work on stuff and medallies and, like you said, starting points and stopping points and segues and how you're going to connect them together and instrumental things to time together, too, you know? Yeah. I want to see if there's a way to put together, because they're both in F-sharp minor, uh, you ought to know by Alanis Morissette, and you got another thing coming by Judas Priest. Mm hmm. I, I want to know. I, I, like I thought of that because they're both in F sharp minor, and they both kind of have a similar theme. You know. You know where you could do it. You could do it after the whole the. That part. You know what I mean? Before it comes back in again. After that part. You could segue right into it. Yeah, I just have to check the tempos and see how close they are because I, I don't yeah. you know. Um, but but that would be kind of a cool thing to put together. Um, I like that. Linus into Priest. <laughs> that would be interesting. Both 90s, that works. No, no. Pre uh, you got to think nothing comes 80s. That's, that's 82, I want to say. That came out on the album Screaming for Vengeance. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was later. No. I was, uh, I, I was a youngin' and I got it on vinyl because I was in, into Judas Priest back then. British Steel was one I had. I just remember the MTV video with the guy's head blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was cool. But yeah, I like that idea. Song selection, song selection, song selection. It's all about song selection, folks. Like you said, key and also tempo. And when you're trying to do medallies and, and segue stuff together, you know, it's got to work. You got to be able to figure it out, a way to make it jive, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I wrote an article about that. Like the, I, I think we talked about it in one episode. One, we went through the whole thing of like the key elements that you need to consider when you're picking songs. And for me, when, when you're putting them together anyway, for me, like the first thing I go to is key. It, like I like to put songs together that are in the same key, because um, it's it's just it makes it feel like one big song. You know, it's just easy to transition from one. And then tempo is another thing I consider. Genre is another thing I consider. Um, popularity is something I consider too. But I love putting songs that are in the same key, like or or end like like for instance with the Sweet Child thing, it starts in D major but ends in a, E minor, so you want to go to a song that's in E, not in D. So <laughs> it helps to know how it ends. Yes. Um, so um, there's another topic. There was a discussion today in the Cover Band Central group, and it, it inspired me to go in and do a live thing, which I do on from time to time. And the post was, uh, let me see if I can find it and actually read it if I can do this quickly. Um, often uh, people will come in with posts that, that uh, raise some ire. <laughs> ire. Raise some ire in the group. And it's, it's, you know, that's one of the things I like about the Caravan Central group, by the way, if you're not on it. 
It's facebook.com slash groups slash Coverman Central. There are 50,000 people in there, almost 51. Um, all right, I found this post. And um, a lot of spirited discussions here. <laughs> yes, to say the least. Spirited, yes. Some people go a little too far, and I have to come in and be babysitter and be disciplinarian dude sometimes. Actually, daily, I have to do that. I have to delete posts or kick people out or blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, for the most part, the majority of people are are respectful, but still there are disagreements often, so... There's, here's the post. I'm going to read it to you and see what you think. He says, The sooner you realize playing live music is a hobby just like any other, i.e. golf, fishing, needlepoint, painting, bicycling, chainsaw art, miming, magic, dancing, billiards, bonsai tree pruning, sailing, photography, gardening, treasure hunting with those metal detectors on the beach, hunting, skiing, curling, bowling, fly tying, building those little ships and bottles out of toothpicks and everything else in the world people do for fun, the sooner you will start enjoying those gigs that don't pay a ton but give you, give you an opportunity to make people smile and dance and have a great weekend. In other words, get over yourself. That was his post. Excellent. Is it? <laughs> well, it's the guy's opinion. I mean, you know, everyone's got one. He's entitled to his opinion. I mean... Good, bad, or indifferent, you don't need to agree with it. Which most people didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they did not. <laughs> um, because, I, you know, I really kind of target this and gear this towards people who are out there playing and making money, uh, where it's not a hobby. You know, it's not bon- yeah. bonsai tree pruning. It's it, like, And my point when I went in and did the live, I said, well, you know, if you're playing in your bedroom or you're playing with a, you know, two fa- family or friends and that's it, then it's a hobby or you're just playing by yourself, whatever. Once you go out and you play in public and you get paid for it, it is no longer a hobby. It's a job. It's, it's, um, you're in the business now. You're in the entertainment business. If somebody pays you to do anything, it's a job. Um, so some of the things that he, the examples he gave here are not things that other people would be paying to see another person do. Like nobody's right, nobody's right. gonna come watch you needlepoint. Nobody's gonna pay to watch you putt golf balls. Yeah, or needlepoint. Like nobody's there's no audience to there's no needlepoint audience. <laughs> there's no bingo audience. Yeah, so those are hobbies. So, uh, but other things he named in here like photography, um, and uh, you know some of the sporting events here are are, are spectator things. Or photography is is an art, but you you know you you take pictures, you can sell them. Well, that's just it, too. People do it, you know, as a hobby, but if they sell a picture or two, it's the same thing. Right. But he did have a good point in here saying, you know, doing it for fun um, and you, like, treating it like a hobby and just doing it for fun and and enjoying yourself, then you're going to really reap the the benefits of that through the the, uh, feedback that you get. Because people will... You know, you're having fun, then p- other people are going to have fun. So uh, rather than, I, I think what he was trying to say, and he went in and clarified this later, and he, he, uh, he apologized for, for, you know, raising so much uh, hubbub. Um, but I think what he was trying to say was, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Go out and have fun, um, regardless of how much you're getting paid. Like, don't worry about ha- getting paid. So th- to that, you know, to that point, I think 
I think that was a good thing to say, a good perspective. Listen, as long as you're enjoying it, right? That's the whole reason for doing it. So, um, but I think people took offense to it saying like, hey, it's not a hobby for me. Um, you know, somebody here says, there's a, there's a lot of comments, but I'll read one comment. This guy says, someone please start a new Facebook gr group called Hobby Band Central. Then all you hobbyists transfer yourselves there. <laughs> Leave this page to the professional musicians who take their jobs as musicians, whether full-time or part-time, seriously. So that was kind of the reaction that, that kind of sums up the reaction of the people who uh, disagreed. Yeah. Hobby Band Central. Hobby Band Central, right. Which just Musician Central, Central, you know? How about just Band Central? Shh, don't, don't let anybody steal my, my names. <laughs> like you said, it's all about having fun. It's all about making music. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I do like this, though, when, when people say stuff like this in the group and, and it causes debate. I love spirited conversations. It really, it, it's what this, this page is, or this group has really been built on is that. Because if everybody just came in and agreed with everything, then it'd be kind of boring. So I'd like to see in different perspectives from people. Um, what are some of the best spirited conversations you think you've witnessed over the years on, on the page? It's usually the best ones are usually about the, the the hot topics. There's there's certain topics that come up again and again here, and they are the the, the push button topics, and they are uh, always about music stands is one of the topics, or <laughs> and or using iPads or right, or right. a tablet to read lyrics, um, cargo shorts on stage, um, backing tracks. Uh, and and song selection like playing Mustang Sally. There there was one day a few weeks ago where everybody was talking about that song and talking about whether they should play it or not. And I mean, talk about it, like ridiculous conversation, like ridiculous meaning that there's so many people talking about it and so many comments on it about this one song. Um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So this is a good post here. I'm gonna read this post and see what the answers are here. What guilty pleasures do you insist on putting in your set list? I know many of you say that you play whatever the people want to hear, but what is that that you what is it that you want to play? So some of these answers here. Let's see. Rock you like a hurricane by the Scorpions. I believe in a thing called love by Darkness. If you get somebody who can sing that, boy. That's, a, that's up there. Um, Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. Wow. Carry On Wayward Son, which is some, it's a song I play already. Jet City Woman by Queen's Right. Higher by Creed. Hmm. Do you have a guilty pleasure, Tony? Or uh, with a Limelight. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Hmm. And do you guys play it? Yeah. You do? Yeah, that's what, that's what is uh, sneak a little rush in there. Limelight's a good one, you know? My guilty pleasure 
that I have played in recent years was The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, that was when I was in St. Rock, when I was, that one was my band. And we would play it as the last song of the night so as not to <laughs> dump the room while we still had to play more. Because um, that's a select audience that knows and enjoys that song. But we just, yep. we yep. all loved it. It was a guilty pleasure for all of us in the band. Um, and we all, you know, we played it right. You know, we all knew it. I grew up on, on Maiden. So I, I, you know, I know a lot of Iron Maiden songs on bass. Uh, so for me, yeah, that's, that was my guilty pleasure. There's a great YouTube video of Chickenfoot doing Highway Star. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and same thing. Sammy says the guilty pleasure that's, you know, song they grew up on, they really wanted to do it. And uh, it's killer. Satri, it's, you know, Satriani, it's Chad Smith, um, Michael Anthony, and, and Sammy. Hmm. I'd like to hear that. Sammy yeah, takes ass. It's man. killer. Sammy Hagar can sing, man. Crazy. Um, I'm going to read some more of these posts since you're not on the Facebook group. <coughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to let you contribute here and I'm going to read some of these posts. So Jay, sure. Jay Dusek said, I see all these questions, so I'll pose my own. What song is so iconic that no cover band should ever perform it? Hmm. Should I play the Jeopardy theme? I don't have. I don't know if there's such an iconic song that, as long as you can do it justice, right? I think that would be really the key. But I don't think there's any song that's off limits. Do you, Steve? Do you think there's a song that should not be covered? No. And I'm trying, I'm reading through, there's a lot of comments here on this, and I'm reading through them just to see what other people said and I don't see any good answers here. <laughs> Inagata de Vida. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Um Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's any song that's that's untouchable that you can't you know that's so iconic. Like, no, that's too iconic, man. You can't play that. Like, screw ironic. That. Screw that. Uh, what see. else you got? I'm, I'm scrolling through. Let me see what else I got to offer you here. You have to give, like, good answers, though. Like, hey, John, thanks for your inquiry about this topic. In our opinion and in our ex- experience, we've seen that there's really no song that we would consider too iconic to try and cover <laughs> as long as the effort was significant and did the song justice. Thanks for, the, thanks for your comment, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> That's why you got to do it live. You got to, you know, you need the response like that. You can't just read it off. Uh, you need the voice. That was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, Hmm. Uh, this guy, yeah, it's also, cause this this topic, the music stand thing, just comes up all the time in this music this, stand. And this guy said, I I seen a cover band that sat all sat down in chairs, played solid state analog gear, and used music stand 
stands and absolutely had the dance floor packed in Chicago. It ain't what you use or how cool you think you look up there. If you got the goods, you will move people. If you don't, the rest ain't going to help you. My mind is forever changed. Chris Lurash. That was his contribution. Hey, Chris, thanks for the comments and your opinion. <laughs> we seem to agree here at Garvey Central. All right, and this guy is being a wise-ass, but this is funny, and I'll address it to you since you're a drummer. He said, best, best drum solos for sound check? What, what are the best drum solos for sound check? What's the guy's name? Dick Roberts. Thanks, Dick. And here's the answer <laughs> for your question. Vic, what a V. Vic, you said Vic. But it, it's funny that you say the name wrong. Vic, yeah. V I C. Vic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vic, there's no simple answer to that question. However, in our experience, and I will speak from great experience of this topic, once you are sound checking for drums, you would want to give them a nice solid kick drum on the one, a nice snare on the two, a kick drum on the three, a snare on the four. That's usually a good beat to play, but typically you'll play four bass drums, four snare drums, four toms. If the sound man is directing you, he'll tell you, give me just the kick drum, and you'll just play the kick drum. Boom, 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 boom. Got to remember, the sound guy is just trying to get a level. He doesn't want to hear you playing rush fills and showcasing all your chops and you know, making a bunch of, of cluttered noise. He wants to hear each drum individually right. so he can get the best tone out of it. Then he'll mix it. Right. So yeah. you're only hurting yourself if you're starting off by you know playing a drum solo of, of sorts. Even tempo quarter notes is what I say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can't play the, the drum solo from YYZ uh, exit stage left in, in your soundtrack. So, Vic, showcasing a multitude of skills and one's talents is usually not the best effort to be used during a sound check. Evenly tempoed quarter notes, as per Steve Wichel's cover band Central said, <laughs> this would be an excellent choice for your sound check. So, therefore, refrain from showcasing chops and showing one's abilities and stick to the simple basics and get a better sound, Vic. There you go. All right, here's a good one. What's important about being in a battle of the bands? There really is no battle, Steve, because we're all in this together. Battle of the bands. Battle of the bands are cool, man. I, I used to play battle of the bands all the time when I was a kid. What's it, but he wants to know what's important about it. So What's important about it? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of them, like, typically it's... Um, you know, newer, younger bands, and I mean, it depends. I've seen National Battle of the Bands where, you know, they searched for the best original band uh, years ago. Uh, they, you know, cover band. The Battle of the Bands, I don't know. what the, the significance of my experience with Battle of the Bands was it was a gathering of bands to get together and not only play against each other to see who was better, but just to showcase talent, and it was like a, a venue to actually play through, like a PA, where it was like a real event you know stuff was mic'd up there was an audience right yeah battle of the bands you know that was like the big thing yeah somebody's answer here about what's important about 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 
<laughs> battle of the bands. <laughs> he said, what's important, he said, is winning the battle. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, um, John, of course, winning is the most important part of the battle. Yeah. Battle of the bands are, are, are exposure gigs, basically. You're not getting paid for it, and you're playing for exposure. And it's for the, the bars or clubs or whatever to get people in there to have customers and bring in new customers and get make money. But I did a battle of the bands that was not in a bar. It was when, I, like you said, when, when we were kids. I d- I've done a couple, but the one I remember specifically was early, very early in my career. It was, I want to say it was 1987. And I was playing in a band called Exire, which was original music, by the way. This battle of the bands was all, for, was all original music, uh, all original bands. And the previous year... I was not, they did it, and I wasn't in the band, and Exire, they won. So so Exire was coming back as the reigning champs and expected to win. And we, um, the, the, the other bands, one was called the, the uh, Unmentionables, I believe that was their name, and it was this guy, Frankie, who is now, no, he, I don't remember the name of the band, but he's he's in a band now still plays um and i've jammed with him before since then but another band was virgin surgeon which was the late janet rains um who later i i and that was the night i met her and we forged a relationship i ended up being a little sister with her um but uh long story short we did not win we came in third place and the reason we were told that we lost was because we had a guy with us his name was greg and he had recorded us at his studio. We did this like EP thing, and we we're selling it on cassette. And we had him come and be uh, do our sound for this. And there was a, a sound guy. There was a sound company that was hired for the gig. And this guy Greg was going in like and bothering the sound guy, saying, "I want you to do this. I want to change this. I want to tweak this." And he was just annoying the crap out of the people that were running the thing. <laughs> good guy to bring with you steve good one yeah like we i mean and he was a very annoying guy um but i you know i guess we just didn't you know we were working with him we trusted him it wasn't my decision or anything but i i don't i guess it was neil's decision neil was the singer um but he uh yeah and that that's what they told they said you guys were the best but you know this guy was just he was an asshole and we can't make let you in because of that he was too much yeah so we came in third place, which was disappointing. But Bummer. I still have a T-shirt from that. And actually, one of the other bands was Jeff, uh, my buddy Jeff Sugale, Jeff Steele back then. Yeah. Uh, he was in a band uh, for that that thing, that battle. So it was like you said. It was like kind of friends getting together and, and uh, you know, bands getting together and, and having your friends come out. And so Yeah, exposure gig, you know. So the competition part of it was almost secondary in hindsight. Yes. More the thrill of playing through the PA, you know. Right. And, and, and jam, you know, and playing. I remember playing many Battle of the Bands. Chris Ledon was a good friend of mine. He was a guitar player. His cousin was actually Gary Sharon from Extreme and oh. Van Halen for a little while. Sure. And, uh, yeah, we used to do... Uh, I can remember songs we played in Battle of the Bands was like Living on a Prayer. We played The Trees. We played All on the Watchtower. We played Pinball Wizard one year. We played um, 
Uh, he played the Star Spangled Banner with the like with his teeth and the guitar behind his head. Like he had all kinds of tricks we you know had worked out. Um, we did Houses of the Holy by Zeppelin. We did. Um, Hot for Teacher. We played a bunch of years, uh, you know, in high school. Like I'd say, like probably three in a row, and we won every year. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Very cool. Um. But yeah, for young folks out there listening, starting out. Yes. Not all the bands are, are. That's a good thing to to do. Get it. Get into. Um, if you have, or even talent band. shows at school, you know, if you have a band. Yes. Uh, just kind of scrolling through, trying to find some more conversations that current and music stands and chairs, you know, are good to bring too. <laughs> lounge chairs uh, especially work well. The music stand, like a thing. chase lounge, you can lay them down flat. You can play harmonica or something, you can just lay down. It, it's so funny. It's so funny how universal these topics, some of these topics are, that I wouldn't have necessarily considered. Like when I started this thing, I never considered that. I never considered like I, <laughs> seriously, like I never considered. Like I, I considered that that we all have certain little things in common, little things. No matter where we're from, in the world or whatever age we are or what kind of music we play, we all have these certain things in common. But I didn't realize that there were these topics that were going to be so, that people were going to be so passionate about, like the music stand topic and, and the backing tracks topic and, and the, the cargo shorts topic. But I can see it, you know, it makes sense to me now that I see it, but um, I, I, that's not something I ever really considered when I started this thing, which is, um, it's funny. It's funny how much, how many things emerge. That uh, Oh yeah, no doubt. You you uh, you plant the seeds. You're expecting this this flower, and then there all these weeds come up, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> and you can't pull them out fast enough. Yeah. Before you like, know, that's it. Your garden's ruined. Yeah. Like, Barren yeah. wasteland of tumbleweeds and weeds. Gotta get all these weeds. I gotta put some, you know, insect spray on this thing. And oh my goodness, it's 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 fun, man. But boy, it is. Uh, it's you. Put your energy towards your music, man. <laughs> Imagine how put that energy into practicing how great you'd be oh, in a year. Imagine. Right? This is funny. There's a meme here of a little kid with a little uh, three-piece kit. Kick drum, snare drum, up tom. That's it. Okay. Uh, oh, and, yeah. a, and, and one symbol there, it looks like. or It's either a hi-hat or a symbol. It's hard to tell in the picture. And it says, the meme says, Nothing says I hate you like giving someone's child a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a little kid playing drums. <laughs> give me a little kid playing drums. Give me give me a little of that. What the, what would that sound like? Um let's see, hang on. Alright, here look kid playing drums oh, for the first oh, time, right? Or yeah. someone just says, Hey, can I sit down and play those drums or <laughs> yeah. can my kid sit down and play drums? This is what it usually sounds like. Right? <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great <laughs> uh, 
no bass drum because their feet usually can't reach the pedals, you know? Uh, it's so funny. So it's just <laughs> whatever they can hit. Uh, we got to make a video of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Much like Bobby Brady. Remember with Brady Bunch? Yeah. yeah Bobby Brady yeah. got his drum set. <laughs> he could play me. Like, Watch him go. <laughs> uh, freaking hilarious, man. Oh, my God. We, <laughs> And they hit the cymbals really hard. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like as hard as you can. I could see doing a whole video series of a grown adult <laughs> like who can actually play, but but doing like just like that, like playing instruments as if you were playing it for the first time. Like and do it with every instrument. <laughs> we were kids. We go like parties, house parties, and stuff like that. And then people would be like, "Oh, dude, like let Tony play, man. He's like really good. Let him play. Let him play." And I would sit down to play, and I would do that. I'd be like, like stupid shit. Like, oh my god, what's wrong with this guy? Oh, that made my day. Oh, uh, just a goof, you know. And they'd be like, "Oh, hang on a minute, sorry. I gotta, I gotta crack my knuckle and then, and then play like normal, you know." That's funny. Uh, good yeah. stuff, good stuff. I can't wait to listen can't back wait. to that. Yes, beginner series. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Learn how to play bass today. <laughs> I don't know how to play bass, but I'm going to show you what I would do. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I want to make this video series. I got to get you to film that. Film what you just did. <laughs> just a, a, like a 20-second, 30-second video of that. <clears throat> Definitely, no doubt. And and put a video, a whole video montage together of start <laughs> playing instruments. Oh, Beginner series. I could do it for just drummers because like <laughs> just just drum, and it would just be hilarious, man. Oh man, I want to do that right now. Like as soon as I'm done with the podcast, I want to go on to Cover Band Central and say, "Drummers, <laughs> here's another good one for you. Watch this is a good, oh, it's a good one too. Right, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. See, that's my go-to beat right there. If I sit behind a kit, man, that's it. That's it, dude. Watch out. That's my go-to beat. I wish I had a drum set. Oh, I want a drum set. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely has something to have fun with. It's just got to be so great to have that, like physical, where you can let this out. You know. Oh yeah. You know, you're using all four of your limbs, and uh, that's good stuff. All right. Well, believe it or not, we didn't have any technical problems. So I think episode 50 was a success. Yes, I think we have determined what the issue was. And now going forward, we're going to be able to do it this way. And this is the way we will do it going forward. <laughs> Too much technology. Yes. But this is cool. This, this is better because this way we can kind of work our schedules easier, better, blah, blah, blah. Um, but. Uh, so coverbandcentral.com is still growing every day. If you're not on it, go and create a free profile for yourself or your band or both. Coverbandcentral.com. There's lots of free articles on there to read, to learn about stuff. Um, the Coverband Riches ebook you can get still. It is on the website there. Um, learn how to make money in this business if you're really serious about it. Um, that book has all the pointers of the stuff that the pros do and the stuff that I've learned over my 35 years of playing. Cover Band Rich's ebook. You get it right away as a download 
and it's got good stuff in there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Caravan Central is the page. Facebook.com slash groups slash Caravan Central is the group. And check out the Piano Summit that we told you about earlier. And I think that's it. We'll be back next week with the uh, the guys from Hard Times. We're going to interview them, and we'll talk about some more cool stuff. Uh, and uh, anything else you want to say, Tony, before we wrap this up? Because I think I just did everything. No, nah, I think you pretty much hit it all, man. You covered it all, and Piano Summit, and next week, guests, and all good. Yes. All right. That concludes episode number 50. Share it with your friends. We got a new logo thing coming up soon, too, which I forgot to tell you about, but uh, you'll see. We'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.